This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And Moyes stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield down on the opening day of the Premier League. One two wicket Tunga. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round to Heya. 2 0 Huddersfield town. 2 0 Huddersfield town. Here's Sanka to turn it into the pattern. Yes! And Tommins scores! Tommins has scored one of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history. De Quattro's forward. De Quattro's got the better. Yes! And Laurent De Quattro scores! Laurent De Quattro scores! Lovely stuff. So, spring has sprung, ladies and gentlemen, but will town spring a surprise against Bournemouth? Welcome to the warm-up, episode 28. Joining me, your host, Brady Frost, to preview Huddersfield's match against the Cherries, is a man who's going to take a second bite at the Cherry in his second appearance on this podcast. It's Mr. Tom Bradshaw. How are you, Tom? Hello, how are we doing? All good. Yeah, looking forward to this as usual. (laughs) That was very (laughs) professional, mate. That's not what you're saying off there. Anyway, anyway. Uh, hoping to not make a melon of himself this week is uh, Mr. James Whitaker, who's a regular on this podcast. Do you like the fruit pun there? How are you, How are you James? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Um, yeah, I liked it. Melon, che- merin, yeah, uh, melon cherries. <laughs> I can get my words out. Yeah, so, yeah, happy to be back. And like I say, just taking it one podcast at a time. Oh, nice. Look at that. Very uh, classic, classic banter there. Didn't want to upset the apple cart, <laughs> did you? The other one. Another one. I'll keep it going. Uh, anyway, gents, so we are playing Bournemouth. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's quite an early kickoff tomorrow. Uh, I was told it was half five kickoff uh, tomorrow. So uh, just just uh, if you're listening to this, because that caught me off guard. 
but I'm not here to talk about the kickoff time, so we're going to talk a little bit about the team. So I'll just set the scene as per usual. So Bournemouth is sixth in the league. Um, they're in the playoffs now. They've got 68 points, and they're actually on a bit of a good run, surprisingly. Uh, so they've lost just one of their last six matches and have actually won the last four. Um, so a bit of a cause for concern, especially given how town played at the weekend. However, they have only won three of their last 10 away matches. Mm-hmm. Um, which were victories against Bristol, Blackburn and Stoke. So maybe not as sure a thing as uh, as we may think, but uh, I'm sure Huddersfield will surprise us with that. Uh, most of their goals have come in the last 15 minutes of the first half. So again, um, we'll come on to how we see the game going, but a bit of a concern because Town tend to kind of switch off towards the end of the first half. And um, five of their, their goals that they've scored this year was in the... 5-0 defeat uh, to Bournemouth um, earlier in the season. And we're going to talk about this game in a little bit more detail because as we were kind of chatting, it's, it was probably one of the key matches of the season, really. Carlos made a lot of changes and we got thrashed, as we unfortunately we've had to experience again recently against Norwich. Um, so I'll come to you first, Tom. Um, how did you think of that game? Because obviously it was quite, it's become a bit of a key talking point, really, since. And um, just how, how do you feel Town have been recently? Yeah, well, I think in talking about that game, it, it was just, I think when you compare it to Norwich, there's a lot of similarities in it. I mean, it was just a bit of one of those, it was embarrassing really, wasn't it? I think I switched it off in the second half when the fourth went in because I couldn't handle the defending for that fourth goal. It just wound me up so much. Um, and it's just... Um, yeah, it's just seriously bad defending, I thought, throughout this. The second and the fourth goal, I remember, were really bad. The fourth goal, it was um, Stanislas one who just ran literally from a halfway line through all of our lot and slots it past Schofield. That was weird as well. Hammer started, didn't he? And then Schofield came on in the uh, second half. So it was just one of those really weird games, a weird lineup. Um, I just, I just compare it a lot to the Norwich game, and I think. He's going to do that again. We've had we've had three really big hammerings this season down at Brentford, Norwich, and then down at Bournemouth, which were all away. So maybe you hope they'll um, be a bit more pragmatic at home. Um, we weren't too bad against Norwich at home. You could argue that that was an unlucky defeat. There was just, just mistakes, and that seems to be the problem this season. It's a lot of silly mistakes. I think especially that last game against Bournemouth, I'd say three three of the five goals were from defensive like fragility than anything else. And two of I remember was the second one um the Welsh lad who scored a screamer. Uh, oh, Debbie Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I just think it's just defensively where we seem to be struggling in these games. I hope it's a bit of a different story at home though. Yeah, here's hoping, Tom. I mean, James, I, I suppose there's a lot of similarities for yeah, a lot of agreement with Tom there, I imagine, from yourself. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I think I'd, I'd say so. A lot of, like I said, a lot of defensive errors. One of the things, um, I did actually go back and look at that team um, and sort of obviously go back and watch the highlights as well. And I think, obviously, our memory of it at the time was there was a lot of changes and uh, it was very much going in too much with the young players. But I think, we look back on it now and 
um, Edmunds Green's in there, Rose in there. And really, they've sort of established themselves as first teamers now. So I think I went back and I was a little bit surprised by how sort of ex- how much experience there was in the team because my perception at the time was this is a very young side. Um, but I think what stands out particularly, apart from the young players, is just the poor performances from players who were very experienced, like Pritchard, um, Diakabe. Um, you know, I think this. I know it's maybe a little bit, they've been used a little bit as a stick to beat, to beat with kind of thing. But um, yeah, and Toffolo as well, one of the poorer performances in a town shirt. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a funny one with Bournemouth, isn't it? Because I think, been a, you know, looking back at some of the results over the years as well, there's always seems to be loads of goals against Bournemouth. Um, I remember I was looking at that, that season, um, I think it was 2014, uh, 2014, I think we beat them 5-1. James Vaughan scored a hat-trick. And then the following year, we lost 4-1 on the first game of the season under Mark Robbins. And I remember me and my dad looked at each other like, I think this could be quite a long season. Uh, and Callum, Ro- Callum, not Robinson, Callum Wilson scored two goals that day. So, yeah, it's a funny one with Bomb. I think there'll, there'll always be goals in it. And it, it was, a, it, you know, it was... It was, it was a team that definitely felt like it had a bit of a B-team flavour to it. And it definitely didn't didn't work on that day. But I think that some of the younger players have done well to sort of pick themselves back up and establish themselves from, from them, which unfortunately some of the more experienced players haven't really. Uh, yeah. yeah. And just touching on, because I, I also did my research, mate, and had a look at the lineup. I mean, you're right. There's quite a few players who are actually um, like a first team is now, but... Uh, the one that stuck out to me was Diakabi, Danny Ward and Jaden Brown as your front three. Um, I mean, that's not, you know, despite what you think of them players and obviously Danny Ward has his injury issues, but that's not a first first uh, choice attacking lineup. So a bit of an interesting one, really. Um, I suppose it's a question, I'll come back to you, Tom, but um, how do you feel about Carlos kind of making all these changes? And, it, it, you know, from, from a fan's perspective, I suppose you can kind of see him as him not prioritising it. And if you want it to be even a bit more blunt, you could say maybe he's, he's chucking in uh, the, the towel already uh, with the lineup. But um, wh- what do you kind of think? Because obviously Norwich is a bit more fresher in the mind with that. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, because well, to be honest, he's not got that much to choose from because of injuries. But you can, you can tell, like with the Norwich one, you could tell he's picked a team that maybe he's experimenting with or doesn't really care like think they're going to do as much as they can because I think I think as fans and I mean just watching the games anyway you can tell when he's playing his strongest team that he's got available and I just think Norwich was prime example of that but I, I also think at the end of the day it's 11 v 11 and you can't play like they did against Norwich I just don't understand how you can play that bad Norwich were Norwich were good very good but just again, like what happened when we last played Bournemouth, from a defensive point of view, some of it was just, it's just simple stuff like closing your men down. It's who, it's like there's no communication about who's going to do what or who's supposed to be taking that man. There's a lot of things that you can just see there's no communication there. And it just worries me that you've got two really, at the moment, you're playing two very experienced centre backs most of the time. Stearman, Kia, and Sars like Sars not a junior, is he? Do you know what I mean? He's been around, so it's that's what worries me. Defense, it's weird defensively. I always, I always thought the thing that we lacked was 
um, this attacking threat at the start of the season. And it's completely flipped on its head now this season. And um, I think one main thing you've got to build from the back, the first thing you've got to do is start by making sure the other team don't score more than anything. And at the moment, we're struggling with that. No, definitely. Um, definitely. I suppose we'll come on to, because, um, well, James, I mean, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add uh, just before we move on about um, the kind of changes. Because, I mean, obviously, uh, it looked like it was to prioritise the Rotherham game. I know we're not at a review show here, but um, potentially you could argue it backfired a bit. Yeah, I think that um, in terms of the changes in, in, in both games, really, like you say, it does seem like he's very much sort of choosing the games in which he's going to target uh, Carlos, that is, in terms of trying to get points from. Um, and I think that, you know, the games where he makes the changes, you can tell. And I wonder, you know, it's very likely that that does have a psychological impact on on players, you know. If, and I think that in terms of just thinking about you as a, you know, imagining yourself as a young player, I didn't exactly play football at the highest standard. But if I was, you know, if you're coming into the team, you know, you want some experienced first team players around you and just putting you in with a load of other a load of other guys who are making their sort of debuts or, or have only had, you know, less than 10 games under the belts, I think makes it difficult. I think that Jaden Brown, when he came in last season, he had a really good spell in the team when these first spell when he came in um, at left back and because he had, you know, because he had um, Schindler there and, um, you know, more experience a more experienced defence, really, to, to bring him through it. And I think that, obviously, you, you're going to struggle if, if, you, if, you put in, if you're making vast changes, bringing in, bringing in young players all at the same time, or players who've, let's face it, underperformed over a series of years and, and putting them in with, you know, it kind of, you go into the game low on confidence and with, you know, already conceding that, that, that uh, sort of mental edge. And I know it's one of, uh, it's a bit of a Cowley line and me and Brady kind of joke about it, but it is fine margins in elite sport. And if you, if you are going to, uh, you know, if you are going to make vast changes like that, then it does cause a problem. And after the Bournemouth game, he then, Cowley, uh, Cowley? Colbran then played um, the same team consecutively for 12 games. So I think obviously it had a big impact on him. And, you know, arguably that's led to the, injury crisis you know in the new year as well so yeah I think just just dropping in a couple of younger players would have been more fruitful really to keep the whole squad rested and to give them a chance rather than just sort of wholesale um, you know wholesale changes and, and then just sticking to the same team when that doesn't work um, for me anyway that, but that's my that's what I'd say no other stuff. And uh, yeah, for anyone listening, when James is talking about Cowley, he does do a good Danny Cowley impression, actually. But uh, you might have to hear that in a, like, if we ever do, like, you know, paid conference. Oh, come on, James. Whack yeah, it out. I'll my cameo. To the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, the fee, we'll tell you about the fees later on. But um, we'll, we'll get back to Bournemouth a little bit, um, lads. So um, obviously, we always pick a key player um, from the other team. Um, I was intrigued to see who you've picked uh, for this episode so I'll, I'll come to you again Tom who, who have you backed um, <laughs> well I hope he's still there because I remember last time I was on I think I picked uh, Patrick Roberts and he'd actually left Borough um, <laughs> by the time I said it <laughs> but uh, I've gone for uh, Jefferson Lerma he is still there isn't he um, but I just think whenever I've watched them I mean the handful of times I've watched them this season and when they're in the Premier League he seemed to 
he seemed to like do the boring stuff, but also like pop up with a goal or two. Um, and I just think if he's having a good game in the middle, he seems to be one of those people who kind of pulls the strings and um, just gets their their attacking flows going. So I think if you keep him quiet, if if I'm, I'm assuming it'd be like Hog or Baleo, if they can disrupt that and stop him starting those movements, then you might have a bit of luck. But for me, I, I really like him as a player because he's got a bit of fight in him as well. And But also he seems quite skillful. So. And didn't he bite a Sheffield Wednesday player a few months ago or something as well? So. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. And uh, like you know, a, a person we love on this pod a lot, Jonathan Hogg, he loves a yellow card. I think he got the most, like nearly yeah, the most he does, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good shout, mate. And James, what about yourself? Uh, obviously, Bournemouth, you know, uh, a much better squad than Huddersfield. But um, so, who have you kind of picked out to be a key man? Um, so, I've gone for Arnout Danjuma. Now, I'm not saying I've watched loads of Bournemouth or of loads of this player, uh, but just looking at the stats and his background, and it's just pretty impressive, really. Uh, so he's a full Netherlands international, played in the Champions League with Club Brugge, uh, scored against um, Atletico Madrid. Uh, he's got 13 goals in six assists this season, which is not bad for someone who's nominally a winger. Um, and he's in a rich vein of form at the moment. He scored five in his last five. Um, his XG is only six as well, which means that he's scoring a lot of goals and essentially from from not a lot so he's kind of making his own chances uh, and scoring from opportunities that he's unlikely to do so really so I think that that's a sign of a dangerous player and he's sort of playing on the left of four two three one so I think that he would definitely be someone that I think that Town will be aware of and be looking to hopefully try and um, sort of yeah prevent him from causing any havoc really. No, definitely. We'll come on to team selection, but especially with uh, uh, you know Pippa playing left back, you know it's normally a makeshift right back, so a lot could get a lot of joy. Um, I think that's a good shout, mate. I've I've actually gone for uh, a player we we all know and used to love. Uh, didn't leave on best terms. <laughs> uh, Phil Billin, and um, he's actually been playing a bit further forward recently. Um, obviously, he was a bit more defensive with Town. Always seen traditionally as a bit of a defensive midfielder, but. Um, He's, he's been chipping in with goals recently. He's got six for the season um, and he's scored a couple of decent goals. I think he scored a kind of a scissor kick the other, the other week. And um, I just think, given how it all ended against Huddersfield and coming back to the John Smiths, for the, <coughs> again, uh, I, I fancy him to uh, to be up for it a little bit more. So, um, so yeah, Billing, Billing is our choice. I mean, I, I yeah, I was gutted how it ended with Billing because I, I really liked him, to be honest. Um, I don't know, don't know about you, lads. No, no, hey, yeah, so okay. did I grade it. It's one no, of those, strong, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I, no, it's like, yeah, um, the thing that wound me up about it was just, I mean, we all know that Jan Sievert probably wasn't capable of the job, but you still got to respect him. And some of the stuff that seemed to be coming out from Billing just isn't on really as a professional player. You still got to respect the, the club that you're playing for and who's in charge of that team. No, definitely. I remember um, Dean when he did the podcast uh, was cl- clear that uh, he he had a word with Billing and his behaviour when he left uh, for Bournemouth. So I think spot on, mate. Um, you know, well, we we don't need to talk about C, but we all know how that went. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyway, we'll we'll move on. Um, ta- uh, Huddersfield key players. Who who have you gone for? I'll come to you, James. Actually, I'll come I'll come back. Uh, so I feel like I picked the same guy every time I'm on now. Uh, but I've uh, <laughs> I've gone for uh, Johnny Hogg again. I think that I know he's not really been a great standout performer recently, um, but who has? And um, to be honest, I think as as you've been saying about Billing, he's he's in good form at the moment in a sort of number ten role, uh, which we've not seen not seen him do at town so much. But I think that just knowing what Hoggy's like, he will have already sort of earmarked that one a little bit, um, particularly as a sort of former player. Uh, and I think if if Hogg can put in his characteristics of early big tackle, that's a bit too early for the ref to sort of brandish a yellow, then maybe you can sort of get away with one. And I know it's a bit nasty, but I just think that stuff like that, that sort of psychological edge, um, that sort of toughness, you know, is something that's, that is really important. Um, And I think Billing was the sort of player and I did, I did really rate him. I think he was a good player. I think he will go on to be a good player as well. But I think he's, he's the type that probably wouldn't like something like that. And, wouldn't like Hoggy getting in his face. Um, and he knows Billing as well, having trained with him. You know, Billing was at the club since he was 15 and Hogg's been here since, you know, Mark Robbins signed him. So they both know each other very well. So I think that he would be the man definitely that I would I, I would stick on, stick on Billing. And I think that he can he can disrupt that um, sort of fluent attacking way of playing that, that Bournemouth like to play. Yeah, no, definitely. He loves an early tackle. Obviously, the Harry Arter challenge springs to mind when you mention that. <laughs> Very lucky, I would definitely say. Definitely not a red card. <laughs> got the ball. Got the ball. <laughs> um, yeah. Tom, what about you? Um, who, who have you picked for town? Who do you think is going to be crucial in this in this match? Um, I've gone for Mr Schofield in net. I really hope Ryan just has a really good game tomorrow because... Just coming off the back of them absolutely destroying Coventry, basically. I mean, I think we're there's no denying that we're probably same level as Coventry, if not maybe a bit worse at the moment. So not particularly looking forward to it. So I think defence needs to be as strong as possible. And I think it stops with Ryan. And I think he's going to be facing a lot of it tomorrow because the way things are, they seem to find space. So I think if uh, Schofield has a good game, might be able to keep the score down. Maybe get a, a cheeky one 0 win. <laughs> I like it, mate. I I actually picked Schofield as well. Um, I'm sure you guys saw, but he was in the team of the weekend for the whole EFL, um, which uh, I think he was very. You know, he did have a good game, made some good saves, but uh, I think Rotherham's finishing uh, also helped him get that clean sheet. So <laughs> we're very lucky. But let, let's not talk about that, boys. I can I can see your faces. It's not one we want to dwell on. Um, uh, yeah, return to the Mac. Um, former players still not got anyone to sing it. Um, if you lads want to sing Return to the Mac now, that'd be great. Uh, I'm guessing again from your faces, that's a no. That's a strong no. <laughs> I thought Phil Senior sang it a few weeks ago. Get Matt to dig that out. Yeah, Matt, if you, well, I was going to say if you're listening, I hope you're listening because you'll be doing the editing for this, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, get that in, drop that in. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And... Uh... If you're listening back now, I'm sure he's dropped in something to humiliate me instead. Um, anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to you for your turn to map pick, James, because you said you got an interesting one. So yeah, what is well, it? I've I've taken a bit of a leaf out of Quinny's book with this one. In that, oh, nice. uh, I've been a, I've been on Wikipedia uh, looking up as as you found earlier, looking up the 2014 town season, and I discovered a player that I've never heard of before in my life. Um, Tamas Kadar. Now, I've done. I've looked into it. Apparently, he's a football. He was a football manager, wonder kid, uh, signed by Kevin Keegan at Newcastle. Obviously, Lee, Lee Clark's given his former manager a call um, in January two thousand and. Oh, it's a bit early actually, January two thousand and eleven. Um, so he played two games for us, um, including a three-two win against Plymouth. Uh, and then he got an injury in his second game away to Walsall and the loan was terminated. So he's one of these, a bit like, um, you know, we've all heard of him like Odegaard and uh, trying to think of others who've just, I guess Odegaard's kind of come good now, but there's lots of like wonder kids in there from that, that sort of go off and, uh, and sort of what becomes of him a little bit. So I, <laughs> apparently since then uh, he's rebuilt his career in uh, Holland and Hungary after a series of serious injuries. So now he's actually uh, earned 57 caps for Hungary, including at Euro 2012. Wow. Uh, he's played um, in Europe with Lech Poznan and Dinamo Kiev. Uh, he's, he's now playing for Shandong Lueng. So presumably raking it in with the Chinese side who played... <laughs> 3.6 million for him last summer. Um, one thing I did find that was very convenient for my uh, narrative is that he's a left-sided ball-playing centre-half, very technically gifted, but also physical presence. So I'm thinking Nabi Sar might have to make way for this uh, Hungarian former wonder kid. So that's- I had when you said that I was I thought you'd absolutely uh, wasted your pick there, and, and but you, <laughs> I, I, I've been won round by your justification, mate. Um, that, that was quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I thought uh, I'd go for someone different because I keep going. You know, yeah, I keep picking, picking fan favourites and not winning the poll. So well, I'm throwing the poll now. Yeah, I, I like it, mate. I like. I yeah. picked a weak team to start the game. I like it. I like it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I need to compose myself. But Tom, Tom, help, help me out here. Who have you gone for? Um, well, I, I'm just looking at this lad. I'm trying to, I can't, like James, that is such a good pick because I cannot even, looking at him, I'm like, I've never seen that guy wearing a town shirt ever before. That is insane. What a find. Um, well, I've gone probably gone for a, a boring one, but a, a true a true legend. I've been, I bet he's been said before, but I think obviously we need a left back. So I've I've gone for Ray Wilson, prime Ray Wilson would be great. Um, probably one of the best left backs we've ever had. Probably the best left back we've ever had. Two hundred and sixty six appearances. So yeah, Ray Wilson, I think for me. Because I can't see Lewis O'Brien. I don't want to see Lewis O'Brien at left back again. No, I can't believe you're insulting Jason Davidson like that, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, I think that's a good, a good pink lads. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I was as I was saying to you, I'm struggling um, just because I'm trying to remember who, who I've picked. I think I've picked all the good ones. So I'm going to nick one from Cameron uh, when he came on the other week, and it was. Um, Again, oh, Brady's picking someone from the 2016-17 season. Uh, Elias Kachunga, <laughs> I thought in that, that season he was really good. Uh, so I'm going to go for him. So we'll, we'll Brady, did you is. become a town fan that season? <laughs> did, mate. No, no, no. Uh, my first game, just to clear, my first game was uh, Phil Senior in net and we lost uh, 3-0. We were losing 3-0 to MK Dons at half-time. Uh, so didn't, ju- you know seen some of the bad games so uh i, I do think jordan Rhodes lads to be fair um so i can, oh, I right. can go for Good. that if you want uh but <laughs> anyway um we'll shift on so we've got uh we've got no fan insight this week um which is fair enough so uh we'll come on to <laughs> your the coach do you want me to do a fake one <laughs> yeah um well I, I'm to be honest. I'm, I don't really enjoy talking to teams who are high up in the league and then just being like, "Yeah, we're really good. You're really bad, aren't you?" There's not yeah. many fans you like talking to. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Is that, no, um, if any of them, I'm not sure they are, but uh, it's always good chatting to them. But yeah, uh, anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> James, I've not been the same since the, 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 your return to the Mac shower. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I had a really weird thought where I was like, imagine something, imagine whoever else is on just goes, oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tomas Kadar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Play for us. <laughs> anyway, so we're all the coach. So um, Matt always uses his go-to and I can never get it right. Um, <laughs> We're going to don the chinos of Carlos. We're going to wear the hat of David Wagner and the, I want to say the grimace of Mark Robbins. Or if not, call brands out, you lads are in. So uh, yes. you're lined up for Bournemouth. So, um, well, Tom, uh, who, what's your lineup? And uh, um, where are the game going? So, first off, so I'd, I think I'd probably wear a suit if I was manager, definitely. Nice. I think I'd go for that Peter Jackson look, you know, first time round, the proper 90s suits with the top quality trench coat over the top. Oh, lovely. Um, So I'd go for that look. Um, So now to the boring stuff, I guess, like me picking a team. I'm I'm no tactical genius, definitely not. I'm rubbish at football manager. (laughs) I had one good spell with Rotherham one season and that was about it. You need your Um, Terry Yorath with it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm kind of like, I'm for this game. 
I'm playing for the draw and like trying to nick it on the counter. So I've gone for like this formation of this. It's like a one four three three, but it almost can turn into like a one six three one. <laughs> so you've got Schofield in net, and then I've gone um, Reg at right back, Stearman and Keo in the middle, and Critchlow at um, left back, and then Hog O'Brien and Vallejo in the middle if Vallejo's all right to play. Um, and then Pippa and Thomas on the flanks with Sonogo up top in the middle. So it was like thinking about having there's two experienced centre backs with us two like versatile youngsters who uh, like uh, can play either centre back or full back. I think because they're both quite. I think they they can play in those positions. Um, and then you basically have that blanket of Hogger, Brian, and Vallejo in front of those three. Um, and then the front three, like, because I think I think Pippa can play on the wing or as defensively as well. Because I, I think he's got plenty of skill. He's got a great ball into the box and stuff. And I think from what I've seen of Thomas, he can do that as well. His delivery looks all right. So I think the main thing for me would be using those wings and just seeing what we can get into the box. And then once we go one nil up after five minutes, like, just have a um, shit house a one nil from. Uh, from getting everyone behind the ball for the rest of the game. <laughs> I like that. Would you have everyone standing on the goal? Like, you, know, you never see that. <laughs> basically. That is basically what I'm thinking, Brady. We just need the points now. <laughs> I don't I care that. how they come. I love that. You've maybe pioneered a new formation there, mate. Uh, <laughs> the warm-up first. Um, James, what about yourself? Town fans would not like that, sorry. Well, you know, there's no one in the stadium there. And you're the boss, you know. (laughs) You're the one wearing the trench coat, not them. No. Um, We'll come on to how we see the game going in a bit. But James, what about your lineup? Um, Well, I have gone uh, kind of similar to what Tom said, really. I think I'd be looking at going defensive after that that 7-0 against Norwich and then that bit of a let-off, really, um, against Rotherham. So sort of maybe match them in the sort of uh, 4-2-3-1. So, like I say, kind of similar, really, and uh, just look looking to pick up their four attacking players, who I think are all really dangerous in their own way with, you know, Dan Juma, Billing, Solankin, Stanislas. Um, so, I've, yeah, 4-2-3-1, it's almost a bit Cowley-esque, dare I say, if I can mention him twice, uh, without Cosy getting annoyed. So, um, yeah, so I think that... Um, Town looks kind of progressing through midfield. Um, you know, they, they've done quite well in terms of probably the only thing that, that has been good over the last few weeks or so has been O'Brien's performances, just progressing it through that midfield, um, you know, instead of going down the flanks all the time, because I think we're a little bit found out with that. So I think I would put, um, yeah, Schofield uh, in goal and then similar, like I say, Edmunds Green at right back, uh, Richard Keogh and Saar in the middle. Um, and then I've actually gone for Jaden Brown at left back um, just because I'm kind of sick. Of, I, I just can't deal with Lewis O'Brien there. And I, I'm just sick of like square pegs in round holes. I think just he's a, he's a left back. We've got none that are fit. Just put him in at left back. Um, it doesn't seem like um, Pippa's going to be fit. He went off injured. Um, and Dehaney has been has not not really been great. So I think that... That's my justification, really. And then I've got Hogg and Vallejo in front of the defence, um, or even potentially Scott High if Vallejo's not fit. 
and then I've got Holmes, O'Brien and Rose are kind of attacking three and then probably Campbell up front. Um, so, yeah, I guess I've gone, tried, to be, tried to be quite solid, but also rewarding good performances and giving young players a chance again. I think that Carlos has arguably not really done enough for that. It's sort of like, even if you don't play well, you, you can get in the team next week. And yeah, um, you know, in terms of like building for the future as well, I mean, it's unlikely that Mbenza or Bakuna are going to be at the club. So I don't see the point in, in playing them every week, particularly if they're not playing well. So that's that's the kind of logic that I'm at as well uh, in terms of this game. But then again, it also allows us to rest a few players. So that's got that's what I've gone with. Um, although, yeah, I'm not not hugely confident in my choices really. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you know, um, we will we will see. Obviously, we'll talk about obviously the game going and score prediction. But I, I've. Um... Yeah, similar to you, lads. I've, but I've actually stuck with three five two. Um, but I've swapped a couple of people around. Um, so I've still got Schofield in net. Uh, I was one of those people who is pressuring. You know, thought Schofield probably needed to uh, come out for a couple of games at one point. But I think he's shot stopping, and he has proved to himself that he's. In, I've been very impressed that he's. Um, you know, some of the things I I think he lacked in his game has improved, and I thought particularly in that Rotherham game, he, he would come running out when needed, um, which we haven't normally seen. Um, so I thought that was quite impressive. But my uh, my back three, uh, uh, Edmonds Green, Kieran Saar, because um, I always think about dropping Saar um, just because we know what it can be like. But then he <laughs> he's actually been quite good. Um, I think of that. Um, can't remember what goal it is, but where he cleared it. Oh, against Brentford, um, the one we conceded, but he actually clears it off the line, and then it's you know the poor defender from Ronos that leads to the goal. But um, and I I actually think he has been playing okay, um, which is probably an unpopular opinion. And I think you're right, James and Tom. Uh, I've kept Edmonds Green because I think you know we need, he's going to be here next season, so let's just play him. Uh, <clears throat> for my wing backs, I I was going to pick Pitha, but again, I don't think he's fit, so. I've gone for Aaron Rowe on the right because I think he's been better there. Uh, not than Pippa, but he's, that seems to be a good position for him. Uh, and I've got a Brian Hogg and Vallejo in the three. Um, again, if Vallejo's fit, because I think Vallejo's a bit more defensive-minded than Bakuna or Holmes. And also, I, I think Holmes could probably do with coming off the bench because uh, I think he's getting a lot of flack uh, for surprisingly being a midfielder and not doing well playing right wing back. But anyway, uh, and then I've got Thomas because again, I think um, I like what he sees. And uh, to be honest, as I'm sure you lads agree, I, I'm not feeling confident about this one. And maybe it's a chance to give players an opportunity who've been pressed in bits here, like a full, you know, a start and see how they do. So I think Thomas could be good. Uh, and then my up two, I've... I'm going to rest Campbell and potentially bring him on later, but I've got Snowgo because uh, James knows a lot of Snowgo. But also in Benza, um, I think I don't think he's played that well recently. But if we get any set pieces, um, you know his delivery, you know particularly. Uh, obviously, we've seen how good he is at free kicks. But uh, I saw somewhere that he's actually scored. He's actually been responsible for I think it was something like eight of the ten corners we've scored from this season when he's picking it in. So. I don't think we'll get much joy and maybe you do need him on pitch. So so that's my that's my long-winded way of saying that's my three five two. Uh but anyway, Tom, um how do you see this game going? And uh just to kind of round off the pod, what's your score score prediction for this one? Well, like I said, if um, Carlos listens to this and takes my amazing formation into consideration, 
then I think we'll win 1-0. Uh, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness and in true town pessimistic fashion, I've gone for a 3-1 Bournemouth win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair enough, Matt. How do you see the game going then? Do you think it'll be us hanging on for dear life or, yeah? I think I don't think it'll be like those away games because I think weirdly even though there's no fans in well there was in the Bournemouth one but I don't think that makes a difference down there to be honest um, I think we'll do alright but I just I just can't see us containing them they're on a push to to go up aren't they and I don't think some of our players realise how tight it is at the bottom do you know what I mean I think I think a few of them are kind of thinking, oh, we'll be right, it'll all work out. And I think that's been the problem for a few, especially the last two seasons. I mean, we had to fight till the end last season, but we left it late, didn't we? We could we could have been playing home and dry very early on. I mean, for, since December, it's just been disastrous. So, yeah. No, fair enough, mate, fair enough. Um, James, <laughs> what, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I agree really. Uh, I've gone for 2 1, but that's that's sort of my heart saying that. I think my head probably says something like 3 0, which is, I guess, where we're at at the moment as town fans. You know, it's it's been a difficult time, it's just hard to see, to see out of it, really. I think that uh, they're obviously very good going forward, uh, and we're dodgy at the back, and we're also. Um, a bit toothless going forward as well, so it's it's quite hard to be positive. I think, I think that there will be some kind of response because, obviously, there was some. I mean, it'd be hard for them not to be an improvement after Norwich, but I think there was some level of improvement. I think in patches we looked okay against Rotherham, but overall it, poor. Um, so I think that we do need to see some kind of response, even if it's just a case of just trying to keep the score line down. I don't know if that's too negative, but it's just yeah the way the way I see it at the moment, and just you just look at the players that they have, and yeah, it's just it's just a different gravy, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I, I hate to be the uh, you know the, the add to the pessimism, but uh, I've also gone for a free one defeat, Tom. Um, <laughs> I actually think we're going to score first, um, weirdly, but I just don't think we've got enough to keep them out, um, like you're saying. They're going for the playoffs, and um, you know, uh, surprisingly, you know, uh, when Jonathan Woodgate's been appointed to the end of the season, I thought they'd really um, slip away. But I think that's no disrespect to Jonathan Woodgate, um, but I think that's probably more the players uh, and their quality, you know, coming through in the last stages of the season, and their squad. Their squad is quite big, um, so yeah, I, th- I think it'll be three-one. But again, uh, this probably says the state of how we are at the moment. I can. I actually see this being better than um, the Rotherham game in terms of performance, but I still think it'll end in defeat. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we, we were all pessimistic about uh, us home going to Swansea, and then we we thrashed them, didn't we? So uh, maybe maybe we will see, lads. But um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. Don't hold yes. your breath. Um, <laughs> it, it might be one of them where he, he looks to target Forest on Saturday rather than this game because mm-hmm. I think. With that, they're a bit inconsistent, and obviously, they don't have as much to play for because they're probably all right. Whereas, I think, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just, 
different prospect, really. A win before Coventry would be so massive, though, because yeah, I can't, I can't be doing. I was saying this to Brady the other day. I was like, can't be doing with this every season. It coming to yeah, I agree. Targeting a game and thinking, right, we've got to win this one. We've got to win this one. Can we just get out of the way and get about this season? Yeah, and move on. <laughs> I agree. I think um, I think we could have that debate long into you know that could be a, a nine-hour podcast. So um, anyway, we will move on. Let's see. We've all predicted a defeat, but you know, as I said, will Town spring a surprise? Half-five kickoff tomorrow uh, on the Tuesday. Who knows? We will see. But uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks to all our listeners. Uh, for tuning in i tell you what i don't normally do this but if you listen i'm going to do one of those awkward plugs if you listen to um if you listen to this on a podcast app that lets you rate and review this um can you rate this give us five stars because let's be honest reviewing town games or previewing town games at the moment is hard work so i think that would make it a little bit sweeter <laughs> um, so if you can that would be very much appreciated but um yeah thanks for tuning in and we'll uh, we'll see you for the forest preview later on Oh, what a night Late in May in 2017 Shinder scored, it was a heavy dream What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League Greatest sights in Georgia squared at sea What an evening, what a night Oh, I I got a funny feeling when he walks And a fence And then The commentator yelled he takes that chance So save him, mesmerizing me. Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea. Stanford Bridge, oh, what a night. Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walked and a Yelled, he takes our chance. Oh, I-